0: Hey ladies, welcome back to the show. On our episode today, I want to talk about a topic um, that drives me fucking crazy. And since we're delving into what's popular, especially when it comes to weight loss, I wanted to talk about a popular buzz term, um, usually related to healthy eating and weight loss, and that is eating clean or clean eating. So if you want to hear more about what this is, we'll talk about like why it's popular, who started it, what's the problem with it, and just kind of what I think might be a better approach for people to use, then listen in. So I know that you've all heard about this idea of clean eating, right? Right. It's this term that really started to take a lot of, started gaining a lot of popularity back in, I think so far I've been able to see that it has been linked to a, a Canadian fitness model back in like 2007, 2008, who had lost a whole bunch of weight and had given up processed foods. And that's how they decided, or that's how, what they credited as to how they lost weight. Then as this terminology started kind of picking up, um, there was a South American cardiologist who started talking about, who started talking about eating foods like fruits and vegetables and doing things like cleanses, mostly like a liquid form as a way to reduce, to reduce like diseases. And so what ended up happening is, is that together they ended up bringing the attention, um, I think really the cardiologist ended up getting attention for what his claims were and ended up going on to like the Gwyneth Patro Goop website. And then, you know, it just kind of, it kind of just took a hold and it just became something that is very familiar for all of us all of these years later. I know all of you have heard the idea of clean eating. So usually it comes from a place when we talk about like different things when it comes to like dieting and popular weight loss, um, popular weight loss terminology and diets, usually I feel like a lot of times it it will come from an area of people who are really interested in like either the nutrition, the fitness, or just health industry. And so then that becomes something that more and more people kind of get excited about because it's something new. But one of the things about clean eating that drives me crazy is that it's so ambiguous. And the term means different things to different people. So I want you to think about what you think of what do you think of when I say, uh, hey, are you eating clean? So these are the most popular ones that I found of what it means for some people, and you may have a different interpretation of it too. So the first one is you're eating clean as means like you're eating like all, um, all unprocessed foods, you're avoiding anything that's processed. Um, other people will say, okay, I only eat whole foods. Um, or like kind of like things that my ancestors ate and and not anything that's um that's current some people will will attribute it to organic food mostly like organic fruits and veggies so if they feel like they're eating um more fruits and vegetables especially if it's organic then maybe that is is they're eating clean. some people will say that it's eating simple ingredients Um, and like maybe five ingredients or less. Other people will say that their ingredients are clean or they only eat ingredients that they can pronounce the name of and they avoid things that they cannot pronounce the name of. Um, In some fitness websites, you'll see that clean eating means like having protein and veggie and eating about five or six meals per day. Um, Other people will be that they avoid they avoid dairy and so instead of having cow's milk they feel like it is healthier to eat or to consume non-dairy milk so like your oatmeal your almond milk other people will be like, oh, I don't eat any artificial sweeteners, so they may stick to like a stevia or, um, or like a monk fruit and not do any of the artificial sweeteners. Some people will do no food coloring or dye, and then another one, a popular one, is avoiding food groups, so avoiding gluten or grains, um, despite not having either a celiac sensitivity or not having celiac disease. And so, you know, some people may just take a little bit of it. Some people may take a lot of it, but it's a very ambiguous term. It means different things to different people. And so let's talk about why clean eating is so popular. Well, I think we live in a time where we're all really focused and worried about our health. And and that makes sense, right? There's We have more information about chronic disease risk. There are more people than ever that are overweight and obese. Um, and I feel like it's a way that we want to control, like so that we do something different than maybe our family members have done, right? But the problem is, is that we live in a world with, constant nutrition information there's always these tidbits of nutrition information out there and what ends up happening is that all that information becomes really confusing and a lot of times there's a lot of misinformation out there and I get it like I get really swayed by the whole like clean eating thing too and then I start listening to some of the claims and I'm like okay that's not really true but why I think it's so confusing is that there may be like a little tidbit of something that is truthful, but when you, but it might be used in the wrong context or it might not actually be the full truth. And so if you're a consumer, like again, I have a degree and I've practiced for 20 years in the field of nutrition. And so I find it very confusing. So I think it would be really confusing to anybody. There's so much information out there. So I think that when it comes to this term of like clean eating, it starts out really well intentioned because I think it's for most people that want to make a change and they feel like they can eliminate certain foods um, that it's, you know, that it feels like it's reasonable to keep for you and other things that you can take out if you don't believe in it. And it really is reasonable to to eat less junk food, and it is reasonable to want to eat more fruits and veggies and drink more water and so I 'm right there with you. I think it it it's very enticing um, it's very enticing so what ha- what happens is is that this idea of clean eating, so we know how it kind of got started well it started to become really popular by people eating and living a certain lifestyle where they achieve something that many of us want right so there tends to be like so think about it think of like somebody that you like to follow right so it's like you have this desire to achieve what that person that you're envisioning has has achieved and that person may have achieved it based on just what they particularly did so it's like this antidotal approach of what they did to achieve that goal and so then that becomes a truth, even though that person, you know, I think the person usually has lost weight and I think that people are so, um, so desperate to lose weight that they're usually like, okay, I don't care that that person doesn't really know anything, um, when it comes to nutrition, but they achieve the goal that I want. And so the problem is, is that sometimes again, Sometimes some of these people could be really well intentioned. They really want to help other people, but they just don't have that. Um, they just don't have that scientific background or that, um, or just that knowledge. And so, despite the best intention, there really isn't. It's, it's really antidotal. It's not based on evidence and facts. What they might be. Te- what they might be teaching. So there's lots of half truth wrapped up in maybe little. You know, wrapped up in maybe little morsels of truth, but it's all based on really limited scientific evidence, and it's basically an opinion that somebody has that gets touted as the truth. And you know, I think everybody thinks that they're an expert when it comes to nutrition, especially like if they've lost weight, been able to keep it off. And I'm not knocking that because, again, I do think that there is a, I think that there is a place for that, but I think that you just have to, as a savvy consumer, know. That that's out there, and then you kind of decide what that looks like for you and who you trust, right? So I think there's plenty of people out there who have lost weight and who can teach and coach, and they're they're not harming you in any way. But then I also think there's people out there that are um, that are doing the opposite, and and they're doing things that maybe can be a little bit harmful. And with the whole nutrition industry, you know, one of the things why I always say to follow a dietitian is because. A dietitian has gone to school, they have like standards that they have to follow um, in order to keep my licensure. But if you're a nutrition coach or a nutritionist, you don't have that. You can, anybody can be those things. And so again, my intention is not to knock anybody, but just to really kind of dig in a little bit to make sure that you feel like that person is reputable. And you're going to see why, like when I start talking about the harm in this, you're going to see why that I worry about that. So typically when it comes to like people that have, you know, exactly what you want, whatever comes to your health, again, it, it tends to be coming from a really great place that people feel like, oh, this worked for me. So I want to... Um, I want to help and share this knowledge with other people, again, based on not evidence, but based on their experience. And so typically it presents as like a woman who presents as like very well curated and that woman has exactly what you desire. A lot of times for marketing purposes, that person will be thin and pretty and charismatic. They may be young and they're free of any of the symptoms that you're trying to get rid of. And so there's a big marketing ploy in that. And I think what's so alluring is that these people may be ordinary people without any medical background. So the very thing that, you know, that they don't have that knowledge might be the the thing that you really like about them because you might feel like, well, that's great because they're not like telling me what to do and, and, and they're really listening to me. And again, they achieved a goal that you desire. So it's really like, there's a lot of charisma in that. And a lot of these people do a really great job of marketing themselves. And again, you know, and especially, I think there's always this, there can be this idea that it comes from like a holistic approach. And I think having the holistic approach is really, really enticing to people. I mean, my gosh, it's enticing to me too. So this is where, you know, this is, this is where I think, where we can start seeing that there's a problem with it, right? So we've kind of talked about like how it started, what it is, why it's popular. So let's talk about what I believe the problem with it is. So when it comes to saying that you're eating clean, there's no universal definition and we just talked about that. So it means something different to each person based on their interpretation. It's ambiguous. And so it has no regular, no regulated definition. So it becomes really hard to understand what it is. Now, there could be health consequences to this. It's not really studied because it's so big, right? It's such a big, um, it's such a big terminology. There's so many things. So in, in terms of when I'm picking out, you know, when people are saying they're eating clean, like, sure, there's lots of different things. Like, it sounds great, like unprocessed foods, you're only eating whole foods. But, you know, one of my things is if you're like avoiding food groups, I start to worry a little bit about it. So, if you're somebody who's avoiding dairy and you're postmenopausal, like myself, I would be a little bit worried that the long term consequences of that, sure, you're doing it short term, you're probably not going to have a whole bunch of, um, a whole bunch of consequences, but you know, you're going to be more at risk for osteoporosis if you're postmenopausal and you're not getting, you're not eating dairy. So that would be maybe something that I would be like, okay, do I, can I start putting that back in my diet? So again, the consequences of it, we don't really know because it means different things to different people. It's not really studied because it just means a whole bunch of different things. The second problem that I see with it is that it is indeed a diet because anything where you are like eliminating food groups or you're making up food rules or you know you feel like you have to go on and off of it so a lot of times I hear people that are like oh my god I love clean eating it's such it's a lifestyle and it's great and so it's going to last forever sure that might be that but What happens if you don't eat those things all the time? Then what happens is, is then you're like considering that you're going, I'm going off clean eating. I'm going to go on it tomorrow. Anytime you're saying that, that you're going to go off something and then you're going to hop back on, that's a diet. And so... If you want to diet and you want to eat clean, that's perfectly fine, but I just want you to be very clear that it is in fact a diet. You have rules around what you're doing, you're going on and off of it, so just know that if you choose to do that, it is a diet. Um, And it might be something that works for you, and certainly there are diets that I 100% approve of like the Mediterranean diet and the mind diet for decreasing dementia and the DASH diet. But all those diets are very well studied. There's a lot of evidence to support it. But with clean eating, there isn't. So just so that you know that, okay. And then I think the one of the most dangerous things I think of all the things this is probably the most dangerous. The other two are just kind of like little caveats that I have. But what is the most dangerous I believe about this idea of clean eating is that it becomes a belief system. So, it's not like, oh, you know, I'm on weight watchers. It's a it's a belief system. And so what happens is as food is labeled as good or bad or dirty or, impu- or impure. And that's where it gets really tricky. Because this idea of having good and bad food I think is is just not the greatest because it creates this like moral high ground. And I see it all the time that when people are eating clean or they're eating how they think is clean, then they consider themselves like somehow that they're good. Um, they are good because they're eating foods that are better for them, that are cleaner for them, that are purer for them. They feel like there's this moral like high ground and everybody might not feel this way. I'm just presenting um I'm just presenting some things that I've heard, that there's like this moral high ground that they are so disciplined that they can follow the rules and they're eating foods that they believe are better for them. And they actually might be. But one of the bad things about it is that people can also feel really bad because, again, it's a belief system. So they can feel bad because they feel like they're eating foods that are bad for them. So if they're avoiding dairy and then all of a sudden they're going to eat a milkshake, which is now considered like impure and god forbid there's other things that are in there well the 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 danger here is that you can start to feel bad about but what abouts doing to your body and that you're doing something wrong and that by eating foods like that are like somehow less pure but then you're also less disciplined lazy unmotivated to stay on the clean eating system which is in fact a diet. And so what does that mean? Why do I worry about that? Well, we know that in general, there is an uptick in disordered eating in general um, with women and girls, I think is where it's most studied, like teenage and college-age girls um, who are on social media. And so any of this, especially when you're talking about clean eating, it can lead to eating disorders. So if you're somebody who has had a history of eating disorders, if you're somebody who, um, who kind of can go in that direction, or you feel like it's very easy for you to fall prey, then I want you to listen in. Okay. So one of the things that we see with clean eating is something called orthorexia and orthorexia is this, it's a fixation that you have to eat like healthy, that you're eating healthy like healthful eating, essentially, like they're eating healthy foods. And you may, and individuals who have orthorexia are like, they have to eat pure, right? And so it ends up being an obsession that you're, that you're super focused on eating healthy or eating pure. And there's this, there's rules surrounding it about what you can have and what you can't have. And so there's no like, there hasn't been at this point like a DSM, like a Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of, of uh Mental Disorders. There's not a diagnosis, but we know it's a serious condition. I had, um, early on I had, uh, and I'll leave this in the show notes, I had one of the, um, disordered eating therapist on and I think we touched upon a little bit about orthorexia but I'm kind of I'm going to go through it with you what orthorexia is in case you feel like sometimes maybe that's something that you're um that maybe this is something that you're susceptible to or somebody that you know I'm pretty sure you probably know somebody who probably has some of some of these thoughts so orthorexia I'm going to take a little bit of eating I'm going to take some information about orthorexia orthorexia from um There's a Harvard website, and it's basically the Harvard School of Public Health, and I'm going to leave this in the show notes, and I'm going to read from it, okay? So with orthorexia, these are some of the things, this is some of the um, criteria that they use to really kind of see if orthorexia is present in somebody's life, because if you have orthorexia, when I'm reading this to you, you may probably need to seek the help of um, maybe even like a like a maybe like a therapist that specializes in disordered eatings or maybe you need to contact there is a website I'll also put in there too, the National Eating Disorders Association, and you can find practitioners there. So what dietitians are finding are and mental health professionals are finding is that there's this uptick in like orthorexia. So orthorexia is some of these things. I spend more than three hours a day thinking about what I will eat and how I'm gonna plan my meals. Um, I find that in order to eat healthfully, I'm eliminating more foods and creating more food rules. So we all know people who probably have some kind of, you know that there's something in terms of like they're eating because all of a sudden they have food allergies, but maybe they're not true food allergies. Maybe they weren't really diagnosed by um, an allergist, but it's rules that they've maybe imposed themselves. That could be some of it. Um, the nutritional value of my food is more important to me than how my food tastes. Um, I feel better and I have more self-confidence when I eat very healthy foods. If you're somebody who has a really hard time eating out because you can't find anything on the menu that fits your diet, that could be a sign. Um, you, if you feel guilty or unclean or anxious when you can't follow this healthy meal plan, that's a sign too. When you feel like eating in this certain way that's considered healthy or pure and you feel like you're at peace because you have total control but somehow it is interfering with your life such as your relationships and work and school because it consumes so much of your time and you're spending less time with family and friends, that's something that I would probably just kind of get checked out, right? Because it might be It might just kind of give you a clue that there may be something else kind of going on there. And, you know, I don't think a lot of people talk about this. They just kind of say, oh, it's so great to eat healthy, but there is a negative impact to that. And so if you feel like this is something or these are some thoughts, especially if you have multiple, um, you know, kind of just know that, that, that that's out there and that's kind of one of the causes and, um, that's one of the consequences of, of dieting in general, but also with clean eating is that it can become way more, it can just become way more, um, involved in your life and, 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 and cause a lot of preoccupation. And again, if you feel like you met any of that criteria, really reach out to the National Eating Disorders Association. They have, um, they have a lot of information there and they have a lot of help there too. So Let's talk about like what you can do about it, right? So if you, first of all, if you feel like you're somebody who has met that criteria, certainly reach out to somebody that can help you. Because you want to be able to feel like, you want to be able to feel like that food isn't do- dominating that your life and that you can eat healthfully, but that it's not like driving you away from your relationships and, and having an impact on the things that you do every day. And you you know, like you, I think like it's a different focus. That focus is on like, I'm eating so healthy and there's like this moral high ground that you're doing that and it's giving you a lot of value and it's making you feel really good as compared to people who don't follow it. But if you, you know, but really I think it's just focusing on like, you know, that you're eating because it makes you feel good and that you feel like you have more energy and better digestion and that you can be mindful, that's probably a little bit more of the goal as opposed to being fixated on it. So first of all, again, seek out the the help that you feel like if you have identified that orthorexia may be something that you have, seek out somebody to help you. And then second, start thinking about the words that you're using when we talk about clean eating, right? So I think it's it's important to get clear what it is you're actually trying to do instead of being ambiguous about it. So it's more helpful to understand what it is you're trying to achieve than to say clean eating. So let's get clear on the wording. So if you want to eat less processed foods, then you say, I want to eat less processed food. You don't have to say, I'm eating clean um if you want to eat more foods at home then you you know maybe your focus is on not eating clean but your focus is on eating and preparing your own food and i think it's just important to know that so that you can really so that you can really start to figure out what it is that you're trying to achieve too because It's an ambiguous term that could be confusing to you too, right? So if you're trying to maintain these goals, clean eating is very vague. If you can really get clear on what it is that you're trying to do in terms of your goals to get to your bigger goals, then be really clear about what it is that you're going to do to try to achieve that. Next, I would say to really see this as the diet that it is, and there's no judgment in it if you're doing it. Again, like my job here isn't to tell you, you know, like there's, my job is to tell you what my opinion is and just what the knowledge is out there and what the education is out there. I always give you my opinion just so that I don't even know if it's helpful for you, but it's just that it's just from seeing people and, and making the mistake of doing the same exact thing that I'm just kind of teaching you what I've learned from it. So I'm not judging you if you are somebody who is eating clean and you know and and that you're on a diet. My my job is just to tell you what's out there and to give you the benefits, the the sometimes the disadvantages of it and then just to kind of give you, you know, other options. So if it is something that you want to do and that you want to continue to do, if you're somebody who's eliminating any food groups, if you're eliminating gluten, if you're eliminating dairy, if you're eliminating grains, if you're eliminating fruits and veggies, think about what it is you're really doing and start to really slowly incorporate some of those food be- food groups back into your day, right? So... Again, I think it's just kind of knowing what is your goal and knowing that if you're eliminating some things, you probably need to start putting some things back in to have that overall picture of wellness and to find a little bit more balance in the foods that you're eating. So, um, you know, I I think it's helpful to understand that when you're really trying to eat healthfully, no foods like... In terms of the major food groups, you need your fat, you need your protein, you need your macro, you need your carbohydrates. All of those are important in terms of um, maintaining adequate health. You need that in your body. So just start thinking about ways that you can slowly start to incorporate those things back in. I say slowly because a lot of times people get really scared um, once they've eliminating it to add it back in. But your body needs those things in order to function up to its full potential. So I would start to add them back in be wary of any labeling of like good or bad foods or when there's food rules because really what that means is that there's a diet and what it does is it continues to it just it just continues to facilitate that like moral high grounds and also it it creates some disorder when it comes from your relationship with food because what it does is if there's good and bad foods and you have these rules well you're not always going to follow those rules all of the time. And you're not always going to follow those. You're not always going to eat those good foods all the time. And so I want you to start thinking about all of this as a lifestyle, not as something that you're getting on and off. And so that's why I'm telling you to start to incorporate foods too, because that'll be a way that you can see it more as a lifestyle instead of just being, um, you know, instead of just being a diet for what it is a lot of, I feel like there's lots of different groups out there and as you know each group has like their own um whatever it is it's usually centered around like different activities or running or crossfit or whatever but they have like their own rules but Ultimately, like if you have rules surrounding food, I would just kind of look at that because it's going to influence your relationship with food in the long term. So when you're doing it, maybe you feel great and you feel like somehow you're doing all the things that you should be doing, but then in the longer term, it's probably going to have an impact on your relationship with food. So I just want you to start thinking about that. The other thing is, I want you to understand that you're not better than someone because you're stricter with your diet. You probably already know that, but I think there is a part of us that feels like, oh, look at me, Um, look at me, I'm doing all the things and I'm so on top of it. Because then the opposite of that is, is when you're not on top of it or you're having a time when you're not you know, when you're being a little bit looser, well, then you can't really, you can't really accept that because you're just kind of like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing. But when you're really eating healthily and in balance, you're going to have a little bit of both because you're not perfect. You're going to have days where you're going to feel like you want different things that may not fit into that category of strictness that you may follow most days. And I think what probably works best, and I think this is ultimately what I always say when it comes to all this stuff that we've been talking about the last month, is that I think hunger and fullness cues are the way to go. And over the, you know, I can even do an episode where we really practice that if that's something that you guys um, find valuable, because I do believe that it can be hard when you're first learning. And if that's something that you're interested in, just send me an email at info at But listening to your hunger and fullness cues, because I think ultimately that's what's going to drive you because that's where your freedom is going to lie. So it's not going to, you're going to be able to eat what you want as long as you know when you're hungry and when you start to feel full. And that's something that I believe... takes a lot of practice. I don't think, I think we're so disconnected from our bodies that it's really hard to really tune into that. So the more we practice that, no matter how imperfect at the beginning, really, I think that's ultimately the way to go. And then also practicing weight neutrality. So you're not better than someone because you're thinner and, you know, and it's okay if you're in a bigger body and just kind of having that practice. And then lastly, I would say to let's see the bigger picture when it comes to your health right because health is more than about what you eat it's about how you move it's about how much time you spend doing the things that you love and not taking things away that you love it's about taking care of yourself it's about you know feeling like that you're worthy of of of, of taking that time for yourself And that small changes can have a really impact on your lifestyle. So I think we so often do this thing and I think that's where clean eating comes in for a lot of people is that it's kind of this all or nothing approach. So when you're eating clean, you're all in. When you're not eating clean, you're all out. And so it doesn't have to be that way. It can be somewhere in the middle. And I think that's why it's really important to be clear on what your goal is and to be okay that sometimes you're on one side of the balance and sometimes you're on the other side. So I'm thinking of like a continuum with like in the center being the balance. And so sometimes you're going to eat to the left of that, which might be more strict. And then sometimes you're going to eat to the right of that, which is maybe a little bit less strict, but that's okay. Cause it kind of goes back and forth and that nothing is perfect. And that, you know, just taking any step, no matter what you do, is, um, will have an impact on your lifestyle. The The key to all of this is being consistent. And so for whatever you decide to do, I think the more important thing is to be consistent. And so however you can do that, then you do that because you want to be able to do things that are or a lifestyle, and it's not something that you're getting on and off, and you're having good days and bad days. You want it to be that this is just life, and I'm listening to my body, and this is what my body is teaching me, okay? So if you guys have any questions, you know, you can always email me, rd.com. and I hope you enjoyed this episode, and um, I'll see you guys back here next week. Thanks so much for listening.